Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barnes y presidente de su mejor cerveza. No abate Porno Filter Network. Will the Thrill y Miguelito San Dieguito. But dead or alive with or without us, we're going to properly salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes. Woo. Remember this, folks? When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, that's right, class, we're fucking useless. So a very pleasant good morning to you on this seventh day of November 2023. I come to you live from Studio 22 in Lake Tahoe, California, and I could not have gotten out of the Bay Area soon enough. What a Fucking disaster. I am not kidding. It has become an absolute joke. Yesterday, while in the Apple store replacing my iPad as well as my iPhone, which both just so happened to be cracked, there were multiple, I'd say three at least if not four masked men come into the store and fucking ransack the place. They had box cutters. They had sacks. I did not know what to make of it, but pretty much imagine I'm sitting here at this time against the Ivy wall, three quarters of the way back in the store biscuit is all the way in the back sitting on some kind of stool well i had the apple guy's computer because he wanted me to log into my icloud and all of a sudden out of quarter of my eye i'm like holy shit and i saw a dude with a ski mask i believe you know hoods on the whole bit but he had something in his hand, and then I saw the bag, and I turned to the guy, the technician that I was working with, and I go, I go bro, you're getting fucking robbed. And he very kind of calmly goes, again? I'm like, oh, shit. So I go and get Biscuit. I just kind of run. I leave my shit there, right? It is an iPad, two iPhones. I go, bro, let's go, get up. And we run to the back. Well, there's a wall, which is that big gigantic screen in the back of all the whatever, um, in the back of the store where they play their videos for their seminars. And it's a a super cool thing. Well, back there, you always see the Apple people walking in and out. They walk out and there's this lounge area so i go to biscuit i'm like dude get in there and then more employees are walking out they're like kind of like give me a look like no you can't go in there i go bro i'm like you guys are getting fucking robbed right now and once again the employee goes oh really and i'm like what is wrong with this What is wrong with society that we would have these masked men 
come into an Apple store in the middle of the day in broad daylight and it gets totally dismissed by the employees. Like, I don't want panic. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I also don't want apathy. And that's what it seemed like. Now, obviously, they've been instructed not to do anything. The security guard is this poor woman who probably weighed no more than 115 pounds in the corner watching all this go down. And so I don't know where Biscuit went. I Again, like just put him in the back of the store. But then I went back up front or at least to where the Ivy wall was. And I wanted to grab my phones and the iPad. So I grabbed this stuff and I walked towards the back again. But then I'm, as I'm, as I'm looking at this, it seemed like, I don't know, like they were going to just pack up as much shit as possible and then get out in a hurry. So I, I, at this time, I didn't fear for my safety. At first, when you go into a situation like this and you see guys show up in fucking masks, like it's, I, your reaction is just to flee. I mean, you don't know in this day and age whether or not they're there to rob the joint or to shoot the place up. No clue. So once I felt like, okay, well, they're just robbing the place, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, I can fucking stop this. Like, easy. Walk over there and just tackle one of the guys from behind and I'm not going to get all of them. But I also don't think that they were going to stick around for the boy if I got one of them. The other element of that is if I do go and do that number one do they have any weapons on them number two if the guy doesn't have any weapons on them and they do have the box cutters by the way or the wire cutters so that obviously could serve as a knife but would their boy who's driving the getaway car panic and come out and you guys you know these guys have some kind of weapon somewhere so i'd obviously just stay back and then proceeded to watch them get into the car and it was a scene out of a Hollywood movie where you got the and then went ripping down University Avenue at what seemed like a hundred miles per hour. It was wild. Within a car five minutes later, probably is when the police officer arrived. No sirens going, no lights going, just a cop car that pulls up. The guy gets out. Apple guy's talking to him, taking a little report, collects some evidence. They had one table that they wiped completely clean. Just, just gone. Everything, right? And it's interesting because the technician was saying that they can't do anything with it. And they'd be able to basically have the phones, but you're not going to be able to open them up or use them. And I, I just, I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying it because my iPad got stolen, completely locked, passcode, everything. And then we found out a month later, somebody was using it. 
And it was just like, whoa, wait, what? I, there's there's 100%. And I'm surprised a technician doesn't know this. I feel like 100% they got to figure out a way. Otherwise, they wouldn't go after it. They left all these Bose $250 earbuds, all of them, right? That you could have just into the sack. They didn't touch them. They went straight after the devices, straight after the computers, straight after the iPads, straight after the iPhone 15s, and then they were gone. So this brings up a couple pressing issues. And I think number one, how and why are we letting this continue to go on? When this has happened for a number of years now, I went and looked at an article because I typed in Apple Store, robbery, Palo Alto, boom, search. This store's been hit like three different times at least, if not more, because I couldn't find anything, fucking nothing on this robbery as of this morning when I sent out the Daily Hustle and posted this shit on Instagram. Nothing. There was nothing online about it. So it goes to show me that either Apple or the police don't want this out there. And why would they, right? It's scary because then you're like, why the fuck would I go to an Apple store? I'm going to tell you a difference, a huge fucking difference. In Reno, you go to the Apple store and there are armed security guards out front. They only let you in in this one-on-one sort of basis. I never understood why this was a case. I'm like, dude, it's like Fort Knox. And then you get in there and I'm like, everything's tied down anyway. Like, why are they tripping? Well, obviously, I know why they're tripping. And the state of Nevada just seems to be a little more with it than the county of San Mateo in the state of California, which continues to let criminals run our fucking state. It is embarrassing to say the least as somebody who grew up there, as somebody who takes great pride in the San Francisco Bay area, one of the most beautiful places on earth, but ultimately it is a joke. So look, going forward here, I can't tell you that I'm going to run for office. I can't tell you that this is a a problem that I'm going to be able to attack on my own. But I will champion a different way of dealing with shit on whatever platform I can. Because what they're doing now is not only facilitating lawless behavior, criminal activity... But they're obviously putting their patrons at risk. Now, the whole argument the other way is, well, by them not stopping them, then there's no confrontation. You let them have it. You let them go. Apple makes billions of dollars. You know, this whatever. The issue with that is that it's just going to continue to increase and increase and increase. And... They're doing this in businesses, and now they're doing this in homes. 
Our friends, the Hendersons, had their house broken into three times and now they just fucking moved out. Gone. Three different times. These are professional rings that know what they're doing. They go in, they go out, but we're not prosecuting this and we're not doing enough to stop it. And whether we like it or not, it's going to take fucking confrontation to end it. Now, you say, well, if they're confrontation and someone gets caught in the car fire or this happens or that happens, fuck that. I'm sorry. It's the more you let this go unpunished, the more it's going to continue to happen over and over and over again. So ultimately, look, it is a sad, sad state in California. I almost gives me a sick feeling in my stomach to think that that is what this has come to. All right, for a solution, because I'm not going to come on here and just say, hey, it's got to be done different or whatever. How about we start with two armed police officers in front of the store? Got to have it. Or you go with the Reno where you're letting them in one by one sort of thing. But you have to have, and I'm not talking a fucking security guard that sits in the corner with, she had like handcuffs. And she might have had a taser. I would have tased with the fuckers. I mean, that, that's, what's wrong with that? I mean, that's exactly where you probably should have started. But it did not happen. I just, uh, you can't you can't let this continue to go on. You just can't. So if you put two police officers out there, more than anything, it's a huge deterrent. It's not going to happen. These guys are not looking for confrontation. They're looking to steal shit. But I would also tell you that, okay, let them go. Well, them ripping down University Avenue at 100 miles an hour, is that fucking safe for anybody? It's not. It's safe for nobody. It's absolutely stupid. So, anyhow, that was uh, my day yesterday and quite the journey to say the least. Daily Hustle today. Oh, man, I'm dealing with all new devices. I still don't have my iPad back. But let's not forget our title sponsor here. The Bet Online. That's right. It's your top spot for all of your sports action this season. Uh, you have NFL, college football, NHL, and NBA all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport. Head to Bet Online today to get into all the action. Don't forget to use promo code. Believe B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Also, don't forget about our partners at this one. Hold on, let me get my hand in. There it is at KT Tape. That's right, KT Tape. You need the Chief Safe. 
keep your package nice and uh, protected. You have the pro oxygen tape. You got uh, whatever this tape is. I can't keep track of all of it. It's just fantastic. You want blister prevention as well. Get all of your KT tape. This is the new stuff right here. I believe the pro oxygen uh, with that QR code in the upper right hand corner. And lastly, for the focus for this show and the rest of my life. Hold tight. We got my boy Jory over at Verge. This shit is unbelievable. This is the honey uh, lemon one that has a cannabis base to it. Really good with just helping you stay on track through the course of the entire day and verge. We don't just talk about our stash. We actually drink it. Mm. Ah, that is so good. It's a real shot of fucking life. No other way to put it. Okay. The let's see here. Uh, here's the email. Was in the Apple store in downtown Palo Alto yesterday. We're going to beat this to a dead horse right now. And then we'll move on. When multiple dudes in ski masks barged into the store with bags and cable cutters and started clearing out the place. Immediate reaction was to get Biscuit to a safe spot. So I grabbed him and we bolted to the back of the store. Once I felt like he was safe, I went back toward the front and grabbed our two phones and iPad. We left on the bench by the Ivy wall. I then proceeded to watch these mass thieves fill their sacks as employees and loan security guards looked on with many of them filming the incident. They were in and out in two minutes and hopped in a gray car waiting out front and skidding off with a roaring screech at what seemed like 100 miles per hour down University Avenue. All I could think was two things. Number one, if this was my store, I felt and I felt like they were unarmed, which I couldn't tell. I wouldn't hesitate to tackle one of these fuckers and put them in a chokehold. Number two, if I'm Apple, I'd either hire multiple officers as security or just close up all retail shops in the laughable lawless Bay area. That specific Apple store has now been hit countless times over the past few years. And as of last night, I couldn't find a single thing online about the robbery making me think people are going to go to great lengths to hide a serious fucking problem. Overall, I'm grateful for the experience. It's true. And it was a hell of a rush. Yes, it was. I just hope people in charge wake the fuck up before the entire Bay Area gets overrun by criminals doing whatever they want to do because we have created an embarrassing non-law-abiding society run by a bunch of fucking pussies. I apologize about the language this morning, but as I get emotional about things, whether it's sports or in this case, a burglary in downtown Palo Alto, I typically let my most pure and raw emotions come out. And this is exactly how I feel. So, Ultimately, we got to do something. We just do. And I don't know 
who it is that is going to need to step up, but let's start with Apple. You got to figure this shit out because Julie Brady, Tom's sister, married to Kevin Euclid, sent me a video right after of a Apple store in Los Gatos just the week before getting hit. That's a problem. And the same sort of things with the guys running in and out of the cars and they're all masked up. They got the hoods on and then they go ripping down Los Gatos Avenue or whatever it is at 70 miles per hour. That's not safe. It's not just even that element of things right there. No bueno. So if we don't start doing something to prevent this shit, I'm just look. The great thing about America is we're free to to move about the country or the world uh, as we see fit. And I'm I'm not interested. I, I've I've never turned my back on the Bay Area. I haven't. I've always said it's it's awesome. It, it is it is home for me. It is where I grew up. Now we've been in Tahoe for ten years, but we still have our house in Happen Bay. I don't know. I can't tell you anymore that. We keep it. I don't know if there's great reason to when I don't want to spend time back there. And you could say, oh, it's just one night. It's a, well, bullshit. Because it's infiltrating the entire Bay Area. And it's not like, say, for example, the Hindus were living in a shitty area. Uh, they were in Los Gatos. So their place got burglarized three different fucking times in Los Gatos. And then they moved. Uh, it, it's the crime is such a joke. And look, the punishment needs to meet the crime. And until that happens, I one of the best books I read was of crime and punishment. And the reason why we have punishment is because it's a deterrent. Well, if there's no deterrent, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? These animals are going to continue to rule the area. Do you guys want that, Bay? Go ahead. As far as I'm concerned, you all fuck off. It's it's embarrassing. It's apathy. It's it's awful. So, uh, moving on. Before we get into Craig Council, I do want to start with, let's see, this right here. Although somehow, uh, I guess I don't have it. There's 11 habits. Of these highly effective people. But instead, we'll just go straight to counts. This is a guy that I played with in Arizona. This is somebody that I owned racehorses with. One of my favorite teammates that I ever had a stand up dude, a smart dude, uh, a competitor in every sense of the word. I thought he would literally die in the dugout of the Milwaukee uh, Brewers. And apparently I was wrong because here he is. He just took the job for the Cubs in a stunning development. The Cubs have hired Craig council to be their new manager. The Cubs announced on Monday that council will replace David Ross at the helm for the North siders who fell short of the postseason after a late season fade this past season that Chicago pride, the 53 year old council away. I can't believe he's 53. 
He's 53 going on 23, man. That was the youngest looking 53 year old I've ever seen. From the rival Brewers and made him the highest paid manager in history. Sent shockwaves around the baseball world. Quote, today we made a difficult decision to dismiss David Roth. President of Baseball Operations, Jed Hoyer, said in a statement, on behalf of the Cubs organization, we express our deep gratitude for David's contributions to our club, both on and off the field. First as a player and then as a manager, David continually showcased his ability to lead. Sources told MLB.com's Mark Feinstein that councils packed with the Cubs is a five-year deal worth a record $40 million. The Brewers have made an offer weeks ago that would have made Council MLB's highest-paid manager in the neighborhood of $5 million. All right, look. People have asked me before if I'd like to manage. And... uh, I think it would be cool. I think there would be a time and place for it in my life where things need to align. It's obviously a job that would require being all in. And this isn't just a six-month job, seven-month job with the account spring training. This is a job that is a 12-month job, and it's 24-7. It's dealing with the front office. It's dealing with the players. It's dealing with families. It is an all-encompassing job that would take a lot out of somebody. With my short stint with the Savannah Bananas, it was a learning experience of what it would actually take to manage at the professional level, and I loved it. I really did, but it also showed me that, all right, when or if you do ever decide to get into this, it's going to have to be an all-in thing. Because even Kowalski and I, who went to Savannah, and we had planned on being there for a couple weeks and then going home, then coming back, you can't do it. So we ended up immersing ourselves for three months in Savannah. And you just deal with all kinds of shit. And it's not terrible stuff. It's actually kind of a, a lot of it is, re- is really cool because these players confide in you and they're, they're looking to you as, as a leader and you're giving them advice, not just from a baseball perspective, but from a life perspective. The ability to have an impact on a young man's life is gigantic. And then to pass on the education experience that I was able to acquire through the course of my playing career and also my life, it's one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. That all said, major league managers for a number of years now have been grossly underpaid. And I'm not saying that it's about the money because I don't think it is. It's, It's such an impactful job that that by far is the number one reward. That all said, to go do that and manage the Cubs or the Brewers or anybody else for 500 grand, a million bucks, which kind of seems like the standard rate for an MLB manager is one thing. To go do it for 8 million fucking dollars? That's a whole nother. You're now getting paid like a player. 
And also, like you should, I can make the argument that a manager is worth up as as worth as much as five wins per year. So if you can impact a game like that, what's a five win player worth? At least eight million bucks. Now, the sabermetric world will try to tell you all oh, it's maybe two and a half games and this and that. Well, bullshit. Because that's just talking about the on-field stuff. What about the off-field stuff and preparing your guys to go out there and play to the best of their ability? Managers in Major League Baseball, in my humble opinion, are the most underpaid motherfuckers in the sports world, period. So for Craig Council to go break the bank on this one, great job. Awesome. Not only... For him personally, so he can have more money to go bet on the ponies. But also for the rest of the managerial crew that needs to start standing up for themselves. To go do what they do for a million bucks. And I know it may sound like a lot to some people. But once the taxes hit there and you're living a lavish lifestyle, that shit goes quick. So that's one thing. But... When you're talking about what this job is and how all-encompassing that it is, these guys are well worth it. And Craig Council is going to spearhead this movement. I think you're going to get more of these guys broke off. And you know what else this is going to do as the salaries of managers rise? It's going to actually get people interested in fucking managing. At a million bucks a year, I'm going to be totally transparent. Save it. Not interested. I got 19,000 things going, including coaching my own travel baseball team and let them play and build it out. No filter network, the daily hustle podcast. Deuce is wild. I mean, dangle 8 million bucks in front of me. That's a little bit of a different story. I mean, shit. I might let the analytics guys write the lineup. Call me a pushover, but. You got to do what you got to do for the family. That's some serious meals coming on your table. So ultimately, with all of this, as sometimes the money does talk and it's talking here. So are you going to see more guys interested in coaching or managing? Coaches, poor coaches. They're talking about bottom barrel, man. I yeah, there's a few that make decent money. Like bench coaches will make like 250 or something. Maybe it's a little more now, but those guys are some of the lowest paid uh people for what they do. It's it's literally like minor league shit. I mean, I know at one time we had a major league coach on staff making 40 grand. <laughs> so those guys live for the playoff shares. You wonder why everyone's so fucking happy when they're winning playoff games and moving from round to round and winning the World Series. <laughs> Cha-ching. And you do have to put some motivation behind it. A lot of people were asking me about the NBA and their in-season. I still don't even understand how it works. But the in-season uh, thing that they have with the tourney and they're putting money behind it to incentivize it. And my boy Jimmy was saying, Dude, why do they have to put money by it, behind it? I go, dude, 
Because you need to give these guys motivation. And as sorry as it sounds, it is an external motivator. Dollars and cents. So it is uh, one of those things that I think might go ahead and spearhead this new movement of new wave managers. David Ross, by the way, he's got to be, got to be highly sought after. Uh, the Cubs, the only thing that really surprises me about this, it's not that Council got it 40 million bucks. Uh, he was talked about as you know, the, the number one manager on the market to ever hit the market. Like that's, I had a feeling he was going to command a ridiculous salary. I knew it would be upwards of five. I didn't know it would get as high as eight. But the Cubs getting rid of David Ross doesn't make a ton of sense to me. They were fucking fantastic. They were. I mean, no one had expectations of them doing as well as they did this year. And yeah, they fell short down the stretch. But I think that he is what he should be one of the most sought after managers in Major League Baseball right now. Stephen Vogt is another one. He got the Cleveland Indians job. Good for Stephen Vogt. I don't. This shit ain't easy. It's not. And to think or assume that he's going to go in there and not have his hiccups would be would be crazy. Because there always will be. There's always going to be things that come up that he never expected. And so when you have a first-time manager, you have somebody that's never done this job before, and then you have them do it at the highest level, I much rather would manage in the minor leagues. I Obviously, I manage the bananas. But I would much rather have a more extensive experience to get that experience before going into it. it's like anything else, right? It's like my pickleball game. If I'm going to go play in the national championship to pickleball, you know how you get ready for that? You go play in tournaments. It was the same thing for doing my first Ironman. How do you prepare to do an Ironman in uh, 11 months? I raced 11 times in 11 months. There's a process that needs to transpire and. So if these teams are hiring guys that are first-time guys, like the Cubs did David Ross, you have to understand that there's going to be this learning curve that comes with it, and they better know to be patient. Otherwise, they're going to be grossly disappointed. Okay, so it says here, managers on the move. Where things stand with four openings. Hours before the free agency was set to officially begin Monday, the hot stove exploded with managerial news highlighted by the Cubs' decision to replace David Ross with Craig Council. Council was seen by many within the industry, English here, within the industry as the domino that needed to fall for the managerial hires to commence. But few predicted that the Cubs would relieve Ross of his duties, let alone replace him with Council, who managed the division rival Brewers since 2015. The two teams had interviewed Council move quickly to fill their respective vacancies. The Guardians hiring Mariners bullpen quality control coach Stephen Vogt and the match choosing former Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza to be their manager. Monday's moves leaves four current managerial openings that must be filled. Let's take a look at where those clubs stand. Okay, the first one, the Angels. 
A familiar name in the managerial world has been mentioned repeatedly as he favored for the Angels job, Buck Showalter. I like this. I do. I, I just, my first thought on the Angels is you got to do something different. And, and I don't know what it is. And look, Nevin went in there last year. It wasn't anything against him. It just seems like they got to try something new. And in something new, it is a crack the whip sort of guy that could reinvigorate the organization. But with that also comes the fact that, you know, you know what you got to do to win baseball games? You got to get good baseball players. And if you don't have good baseball players, none of this shit matters. Okay. It says that the recently ousted Mets manager was a finalist for the Angels job prior to 2020 season before the club hired Joe Madden. Buck Showalter, who has managed five teams during his career, is interested in continuing his career at age 67. General manager Perry Manison worked as a staff assistant in Texas during Showalter's tenure as a Rangers manager, so there is a relationship and familiarity between the two. Current infield coach Benji Gill, I like Benji Gill, and bench coach Ray Montgomery are internal candidates for the job, while Dodgers third base coach Dino Ebel and Braves third base coach Ron Washington have also been rumored to be in consideration. Wash has got to get a job somewhere. Give this guy another chance. Although I will say that I love him as a coach. And the thing about a manager is you have to have your distance. You do. You got to cut guys. You have to trade guys. You have to send guys down. There's all kinds of shit that comes with being a manager. And with that, it's not always pleasant. So you want to keep this wall between you and everybody else. Well, Wash isn't a wall guy. Even Melvin, Bomo, he had that. It was a thin wall, but he had a wall between his players and, and himself. And I don't blame him because sometimes there's a lot of really tough decisions, not only that you have to make, but then you have to relay when the general manager is making them. That said, I, I would love to see Wash get back in there. Uh, let's see here. Espada. Joey Espada is another one. He's been the Astros bench coach since 2018 and has interviewed for managerial openings with multiple teams during the past five years. Promoting the 48-year-old would present a seamless transition for the club, which has reached the ALCS in each of Espada's six seasons. So this is talking about the Astros right here. Yeah, I think that's the way you go there. He's earned it, man. Jeez. I played with Joey Espada. Uh, Espada. He was the shortstop on my Midland team in double A. Good dude. Let's see. Uh, the other one that I think would come up and would only make sense is A.J. Hinch. Why would the Astros not want to go back after him? He was the one that was against the whole sign-stealing thing. He told him to knock the shit off. He gets shit-canned from Houston because of the players' actions, this could be the chance for Houston to say, hey, we fucked up, come on back. The same way Boston did with Joey Cora. Well, we'll see. It says uh, Omar Lopez, Houston's third base coach, 
who has managed within the club system in previous years as another internal candidate. Other potential candidates include Braves coaches Walt Weiss and Eric Young, who worked with Brown during his time in Atlanta. So we'll see. The GM Dana Brown is going to have a big decision to make, but I got to believe Astros ownership group, Jim Crane, is going to be in on making that decision. He was the one I heard had a huge influence on hiring Dusty Baker. Okay, well, what about the Brewers? Milwaukee's managerial search began in earnest on Monday when Craig Council made his stunning move to Chicago. Although Council's interview with both the Mets and the Guardians with the Braves' permission as his contract didn't expire until October 31st, there was still a chance that he would return to Milwaukee delaying a potential search for his replacement from officially getting underway. It's too early to say who might be on the Brewers list. The one internal candidate to keep an eye on is Walker McKevin, who has been with the organization since 2016, spending the past three years as the club's associate pitching, catching, and strategy coach. Other potential candidates include A's manager Mark Kotze, former Giants manager Gabe Kapler, Braves bench coach Walt Weiss, Dodger first base coach Clayton McCullough, Rays first base coach Rodney Linares, Blue Jays bench coach Don Mattingly. I would like to see Mattingly get another gig. And Cubs bench coach Andy Green. The tastiest option, of course, would be David Ross, who was let go by the Cubs in favor of counsel. What about Mark DeRosa? I mean, this is a guy that obviously wants to manage. He's been talking about it for years. Successfully led Team USA to the gold medal game at the WBC last year. And now we're talking salaries that are above what he makes at MLB. But he's pulling down seven figures at MLB. So whoever would think about bringing in DeRosa would definitely have to pay the freight to an extent. But after the council thing, I mean, everything's going to look minuscule here. And then lastly here, the open job of manager is the Padres. San Diego has interviewed four candidates for the job, though one of them, Carlos Mendoza, is off the market now. That leaves former Cardinals skipper Mike Shield, who has been an advisor with the Padres for the past two years. That could be a great option. I think he's a fucking badass. I actually... Really, really like Shield. Padres bench coach Ryan Flaherty played against him. And Angels infield coach Benji Gill. Same guys just keep coming up. If you're a team, I, I, I'm not just following the fucking herd, man. Think outside of the box. If I'm a Major League Baseball team right now with an open managerial position, you know what I'm looking at? The University of Colorado. And the prime hire. If I'm a team that is rebuilding or on the cusp, I am going to go above and beyond to bring in an impactful manager that is going to rejuvenate an organization. Every single morning here on the Daily Hustle, we say, hey, look, when we're juiceful, we're useful. When we're juiceless, we're fucking useless. Well, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the manager, That's the same thing. Give me somebody that is going to bring life into this thing. Give me somebody 
that is going to get a fan base excited. Now, the X's and O's of the game, sure, they'll be able to figure that out a little bit. But ultimately, you have to hire somebody that is going to be the ultimate liaison between the front office, the players, families, fans, all of it. Just hiring a guy, just maybe a baseball guy or maybe a guy that's going to freaking go ahead and go down the analytics road and I'm a little puppet. Just It's not working, dude. I either want. So you don't want to go too extreme. Obviously, it's been showing the old school is going to work. The old school has worked. Bruce Bochy, just fucking boom. Just like that. But Bochy brought an energy in life to that Texas Rangers team that uh, they didn't have. And there were a lot of things that went into it, mainly Chris Young going out and getting great players and providing Bochy with all sorts of depth, not to mention the young guys, whether it was Jonah Heim or it was Josh Jung or it was Evan Carter, guys that brought this youthful exuberance. You needed somebody to bring everything together. And that's exactly what Bruce Bochy did. But if Prime is not an example for every major league baseball team, NFL team, college football, any sport, it doesn't matter. I'm looking to find that if I were hiring. That is what I would go after. Now, again, part of what makes him great is the fact that he's a listener. He's a people person. He knows how to put his guys in a position to succeed at least as much as possible. He hires a lot of guys within his inner circle that know a shit ton about football, that they know how to do this. That is the most important thing of being a manager, being a head coach, is the ability to delegate. It's the same way a president uh, is successful when he's able to find the right people to put in place to make the entire machine work. That is a manager's job. So hopefully these four spots, specifically the Padres, I mean, this is going to be a very interesting one because you're obviously dealing with the Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, and you have a team that is legit. They need to clean up some shit in the bullpen. Uh, they need their guys healthy. I, I mean, that that's a lot of it, but... I would love to see somebody go in there. I mean, if, if you had a great question, as I asked myself, if you had the chance to take one of these jobs, what would it be? The angels, I mean, the benefit there is uh, you get to coach Mike Trout, although he might be coaching you. The Astros who, you know, they're going to be on the cusp of winning the world series. High expectations though. I mean, you don't get to the ALCS, you're a failure. The Brewers, meh. Ah, don't love that one. Coming off a rough beatdown in the wild card round against the Arizona Diamondbacks. 
they have some pieces, but obviously I think that would be the least attractive one. And then the Padres. I'd probably say the Padres and the Astros would be 1A and 1B. The Padres, because San Diego is such a fucking awesome place to live. Uh, Houston, because that team is awesome. San Diego seems like it would be a headache with Machado and uh, Tatis Jr., although I love Tatis Jr. I take the Astros job. Numero uno. That would be it. Okay. That's enough. Great to be back. Uh, I'm going to be on tonight. Deuces wild. Thrill will not be here, but we will have FP Santangelo on. He is going to be doing his radio show as we do a Deuces Wild. And by the way, FP had Will on the other night, and I guess the interview was just fucking awesome. So super cool. Uh, if you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, Caffeine TV, Fubo, if you could leave a review, five stars, if you're feeling generous, we uh, greatly appreciate it. Back on with the Daily Hustle tomorrow morning. The James Allen, as a man thinketh, we like to close our show out each and every single day. By the way, look at this. Look how short these shorts are. I mean, this is, I put it a little bit higher, but my ball sack will fall out. So, I don't know. They're freeing, though. And, yes, we do have about an inch of snow on the ground from last night. The aphorism, as a man thinketh, in his heart, so is he. Not only embraces the whole of a man's being, but is so comprehensive as to reach out to every condition and circumstance of his life. A man is literally what he thinks. His character being the complete sum of all of his thoughts. As the plant springs and could not be without the seed. So every act of a man springs from the hidden seeds of thought and could not have appeared without them. This applies equally to those acts called spontaneous and unpremeditated as to those which are deliberately executed. Act is the blossom of thought and joy and suffering are its fruits. Thus does a man garner in the sweet and bitter fruitage of his own husbandry. Quote, thought in the mind hath made us what we are. By thought was wrought and built. If a man mind hath evil thoughts, pain comes on him as it comes, the wheel, the ox behind. If one endure impurity of thought, joy follows him. As his shadow. Sure. There it is. As a man thinketh. Everyone uh, have a fantastic day. And stay safe out there. If you're going to an Apple store. That's it. See ya.